0: Hello there, friends. This is Thaddeus. One of my plans with this podcast was to have an interview at some point with a scholar who's made a very thorough in-depth study of the early medieval ballads of Robin Hood, and I still intend to do that at some point. But since every single one of the guests has thus far mentioned those ballads in some capacity, I figured it would only make sense to release this little mini-episode to give a sort of Very fundamental basics on just what we're talking about in those episodes. I figure we should start with where our stories of Robin Hood even come from in the first place. And there's a wealth of scholarship about this. But what it comes down to is that we don't know when the first tales of Robin Hood were being told. All we know for certain is that they were common and well-known, in some capacity, by the year thirteen seventy seven, when William Langland wrote Piers Plowman. In his book, one of the characters Sloth has this single line I can not perfectly my paternoster as the priest it singeth, but I can rhymes of Robin Hood and Randolph Earl of Chester. In other words, the character Sloth is commenting on how he doesn't know the good priestly songs that he's supposed to know, but he knows the common popular vernacular stories of heroic figures such as Randolph, Earl of Chester, and of Robin Hood. Our first existing written This is a Robin Hood story dates back to around 1450, and it's Robin Hood and the Monk. It's a pretty violent story about an outlaw getting captured because he was recognized by this monk and his good friend slash rival, Little John, coming to his rescue. This story doesn't end so well for the monk in the title. And there's only three other ballads, plus the fragment of a play, that we can date to the Middle Ages that encompass the total body of actual medieval Robin Hood literature. They include the jest of Robin Hood, which is the, both the longest and the most famous of these works. And it includes a whole number of different stories, including Robin Hood's rescue of the impoverished knight, Sir Richard of the Lee, and going all the way to his treacherous death at the hands of the Abbess of Kirklees." It also portrays these kind of rough-and-tumble outlaws. Very interestingly, it also establishes Robin Hood as a yeoman, that, as has been mentioned in some of the podcast episodes, the whole idea of Robin Hood being a nobleman didn't come around till later. And also, Sherwood Forest isn't the default setting, Barnsdale is mentioned. A forest north of Sherwood. There is also the story of Robin Hood and Sir Guy of Gisborne, a story about a bounty hunter, Guy of Gisborne, coming to collect the bounty on Robin, and things end about as well for this bounty hunter as they did from the monk in the earlier ballad. And then there is Robin Hood and the Potter, which is a pretty fun sort of tricksterish tale, where. Robin Hood gets in over his head, confronting a potter coming through the forest, but then ends up befriending him, swapping clothes, selling his wares, and playing a trick on the Sheriff of Nottingham. That's the one that really feels like it lays some of the groundwork for a lot of the later ballads. A lot of the concepts of Robin Hood as the nobleman were more firmly established during the Elizabethan period through works like the plays of Anthony Mundy. And Joseph Ritson, in 1795, released a collection of the Robin Hood ballads that were being told around by that time, which had grown in number considerably, and Child collected more in the 1800s as well. So by the late 1800s, there was a pretty substantial body of Robin Hood ballads in existence that really informed the early works of literature and children's books that were being published around that time. And you started seeing authors like Howard Pyle incorporating what was in all of those various ballads into his work. But when we talk about the early ballads, the medieval ballads, we're really only discussing those four. Robin Hood and the Monk, The Jest of Robin Hood, Robin Hood and the Potter, and Robin Hood and Guy of Gisborne, all of which had anonymous authorship. Being ballads, these are written in rhyming verse and being transcribed in the 1400s, they're also all written in Middle English, although modernized versions of all of them can be found in various places. Now the ballads are often cited for portraying a much different Robin Hood than the one we've come to expect. This is the Robin Hood who is a wish-fulfillment outlaw hero with little emphasis placed on that core component of stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. But I find that analysis often a little short-sighted. I think there is a lot that one can take from these works that really do convey that sort of idea. And in fact, the final stanza of the "Just of Robin Hood, I think, really captures the spirit of Robin Hood in a way that has held on, even if it isn't something strongly conveyed through most of that ballad. The fact that it's the closing lines... I think, do represent how much value there was still placed on that idea of a noble outlaw hero. The final lines are Christ, how mercy on his soul that died on the rood, for he was a good outlaw, and did poor men much good. Like I said, we'll get into all of these in a whole lot more detail later on. If there's interest, we could do some reading, we can do some analysis of some of these individual ballads. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. But hopefully this helps if you were a little confused or a little behind about what we meant when we talked about those ballads. Mid 15th to late 15th century writings that don't represent the earliest stories of Robin Hood, just the earliest ones we still have in existence in some sort of written form. Thanks for listening. Take care, everyone.